0: When you think about Scotland, lots of lovely things come to mind, from the incredible countryside to the unique cuisine, from Scotch whisky to kilts and even the Loch Ness Monster. Perfume houses, however, aren't necessarily the first thing you think of. Our guest today is hoping to change all that, having launched Scotland's first fine fragrance house just a couple of years ago. From Kingdom Scotland, we are joined today by Imogen Rousson Taylor. Imogen, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, it's a pleasure. So, what is, is it about Scotland for you that felt particularly fitting to a perfume house?
1: Um, I suppose, I mean, I, I just have a great love of Scotland. I've, I'm of Scottish um, heritage, and um, I came to university here when I was um, 18, studied geology. At Edinburgh University and it's something that I always wanted to do. I think um, lots of family holidays in the, I mean it's just majestic, the beautiful landscape and a perfect way to escape and I think the best place in the world to study geology definitely, it was incredible. I mean Scotland has the most complex geology in the world so one of the best places to to study and I think um, for me I you know, I've had quite a varied career. I've worked in whiskey for the last 10 years. But prior to that, I worked in entertainment and the drinks industry, a smattering of working in beauty as well and fragrance. Um, and creating a perfume house in Scotland and full Scotland um, is an amalgamation of everything that I love. Um, and it's, it's quite an interesting way to express myself, I suppose, mm. um,
0: in art yeah and we'll come we'll come on to your career, but before we do, what does your own version of Scotland smell like? Gosh, that's very difficult to say in one sentence, and it's almost <laughs> like
1: watch this space um I've got four perfumes now, so there's four facets of what I see, but also um the inspiration I think from Scotland, whether it's the the weather, the elemental weather whether it's the landscape whether it's um the flora or just the feeling um i mean the i think the creativity could go on forever definitely mm. for the rest of my days
0: yeah um so i don't think there's one answer to that at all mm. i think scotland's one of those places that when it gets into your you know under your skin and into your blood it stays there forever doesn't it it's it's a really it's a special place and i think um people who haven't been lucky enough to visit yeah. there yet um they almost don't know what they're missing because it is, it's is—it's so lovely, so beautiful.
1: I mean, definitely. It's, it's definitely got a draw for me and it's something, I, I suppose, it's, it's quite romantic of me to say, but it's definitely my spiritual home. And um, if I can somehow translate that sense of magic into perfumes for people that perhaps haven't visited here or can't for the challenging times we're currently in, um, then that can only
0: be a good thing. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, as we've touched on already, before launching Kingdom Scotland, you had a very successful career in drinks and hospitality, um, and, and whiskey. How do you think that helped prepare you for running your own brand? Because they seem quite different, at, you know, on surface mm. value, perhaps.
1: Um, I think you know, we'll start, start having your own business. I think nothing prepares you. It's almost like having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> This is absolutely nothing that prepares you. So um, you you have to learn as as you go. And everybody's journey is unique. Um, but I mean, I worked for really big companies, actually. I worked for some of the biggest brands in the world. So um, I suppose most recently in Scotland, I was working for Mert Hennessy Louis Vuitton LVMH, which is the biggest luxury goods group in the world. So I was working specifically on Glamorangie and Ardberg whiskies, which became part of this luxury goods group. But also you've got Dior, Kenzo, Fendi, Hennessy, Verve Clicquot, Krug. I mean, the list goes on. So I was influenced by working in in that environment. It was amazing. And before that, I'd worked with Macallan and the Edgington Group on Highland Park and Famous Grouse. I'd worked on Rolls-Royce. I'd worked for the big film studios paramount universal nickelodeon mtv columbia tristar so massive brands um and i'd worked internationally and i think sort of having um a global perspective um and thinking about um different audiences different cultural traits different likes different wants massively has helped me hugely Mm. Um, and i think um Particularly working in luxury goods has helped me for creating kingdom because I want to create something really, really special, something that is prized and rare. Um, and that experience of working on some of the really big luxury established um, fragrance and you know clothing brands really really stood me in good stead. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, your journey is unique, and the the journey for kingdom is is going to be unique as well.
0: Kingdom Scotland claims to be the first Scottish fragrance house. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how the brand came about and how you know that that's true? Yes, of course. So um, right at the beginning of the journey
1: of creating Kingdom uh, uh, and a fragrance house was... um, I knew that I wanted to pull authentic stories and have a very clear historical backdrop to creating a contemporary brand. So having worked for LVMH, the biggest luxury goods group in the world, I was really trained in this, you know, Louis Vuitton, Guerlain, all of the stories and heritage are incredibly important to those brands. So the first thing I did, I talked with scottish enterprise who are incredibly supportive with new businesses and they have this um, program called interface which is a conduit between academia and um businesses and entrepreneurs and we put a project together where we wanted to delve into scotland's perfume past and we ended up working with um St Andrew's University History Department, which is the oldest university in Scotland. And we delved together. I worked with an amazing postdoc, Dr. Dawn Hollis, and we delved into the National Records, the National Library, the National Archives, where I actually thought we would find a whole host of different perfume brands. In my head, I had Floris, Creed, Penhalligan's, these sort of brands, um, you know, even from Italy, Santa Maria Novella. Um, and I was thinking, what is the Scottish equivalent? There must have been, you know, if you go back to Victorian times, you think of how much Queen Victoria loved scent and how much she loved Scotland. I thought surely there would have been brands to accommodate her when she was here at Balmoral. Um, And then I thought of um, right back to the French and Italian influences that Mary Queen of Scots brought to the nation. Um, Her sense of grooming, uh, the court life and her love of fragrance. I just wondered that should have you know I really thought it would have brought brands to life so we delved through the national records we couldn't find one so in the classic tradition of a fragrance house we couldn't find a Scottish fragrance house so um when St Andrew's University History Department and you've gone through all of the national records and you know everything that you can and you can't find a brand um then they turned to me and they said um well you in the classic tradition you are Scotland's first fragrance house. And that's very much the vision I've always had for Kingdom is to be um, you know, the Scottish Girlin, the Scottish Creed, um, mm. and to, to work in that tradition. So
0: that's how I was able to say it's Scotland's first fragrance house. Mm. And this um historical thread of research has continued, hasn't it? Um through to your latest release, Kingdom Botanica. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I,
1: I mean when we um I got to that point, I still had um, quite a few months left of the research project. So we pivoted our research towards the botanical gardens, the Royal Botanical Gardens in Edinburgh. And they've got an amazing archive and a great team of librarians within there. Um, So we started working with a lady called Leonie Patterson. And um, having a look at at the point, at that point, it was for the debut collection. So we were looking for very general stories about botanists, about plant exploration, about stories, perhaps for ingredients, stories for, you know, that we could bring to life and scent. Um, and at that point, Isabel Wiley Hutchinson was a, an amazing Scottish botanist that jumped out to me. She was a woman effectively in a seal, in a complete sea of male botanists. And just for that very fact, she jumped out at me because she was born in 1889 and she travelled the Arctic. Um, she was the first woman to get the Royal Scottish Geographical Prize. And um, she wrote for National Geographic. She's a bit of a non-song national hero. So I created a scent in her honour for her life and work. So Al Bora in the debut collection was created in her honour. And... Um, going through this process the botanical gardens just really enjoyed we just really enjoyed working together and they were preparing for their 350th anniversary which is it's during this year and next year and they asked me at that point would you be interested in researching and helping us craft a perfume so I jumped at the chance um, so we spent two years going through the archives, you know, 350 years of an incredible institution that started in 1670 as a physic garden, um, which was actually now in the grounds of Hollywood Palace. So a healing garden um, right, right through to the present day and all of the research they do into biodiversity in a very modern context. Um, we We worked on that to create a fragrance, which was quite a fragrance brief.
0: Mm. and albora is i haven't smelt the new one yet but i can say hand on heart albora is absolutely beautiful it has that real it's got an etherealness to it i think and it it smells like a special perfume it's one of those scents that makes the hairs on the back of your neck rise because it's so exciting um and what i particularly like about it is the kind of frosted berries. Mm -hmm. um you know there's a there is a frostiness to it and it but it's not um it's not unapproachable it's kind of it's one of those crisp mornings when um you feel like an explorer yourself and you you know you go out into the world really early in the day perhaps and you're the first one to leave footprints in the frost and I think it's a great tribute to this pioneering woman because it's such a beautiful scent
1: I I love it I mean it has my scent concept for this was very much I wanted to have that cold fresh icy glacial um, note that you you know opening that you've noticed um that sort of morning when it's frosty but it might be blue skies and there's the, the slight bits of melted ice and maybe petals and leaves encrusted in ice and frost. I wanted to bring that that moment to life. And it's a moment living in Scotland, you know, in the winter months that you you often experience. And particularly on the East Coast, when you get those very fresh blue sky days that are just very cold and outdoor. I wanted to bottle that. Um, And I think it does it beautifully, but it has, as you say, it has a softness to it because its heart, Isabel, um, was at a height in the 1920s and... I wanted a nod to some of the classic perfumes that are around in that era that would have been around in her world. Um, so it does have a slight nostalgic, refined, almost sophisticated heart, which is where we tried to bring the Arctic Poppy Accord to life, um, which is one of the, the samples that she brought back to the herbarium at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it's fascinating. And I think the whole... You know basing a brand on this depth of historic historical knowledge is a really interesting way to go about it um so when after you launched um Harvey Nichols picked up your brand really quickly. Did that surprise you at all? And how did it feel the first time you went into a store and saw your fragrances there on the shelves? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I had a meeting with Harvey Nichols. I was introduced
1: by um, a work, an old work colleague, and I went for a coffee and um, wanted to. You know, I think I, I was on the RBS Accelerator. The, the Royal Bank of Scotland has this brilliant accelerator for entrepreneurs because I'd never had business before. I I went on that program because it just sort of helped me. Frame, you know, because there are some mechanics and admin that you have to put together, which you don't really expect when you start a business. So that was incredibly helpful. And one of the trainings that they told us was always to validate and always to make sure, you know, check things out, um, see see what people think all the time, ask for feedback, et cetera. So I was imagining this was going to be a conversation in my journey saying, what do you think of the brand? Do you think I'm on the right lines? You know, I've got a big vision here to create a Scotland house. so a Fredens house for Scotland. Um, and I wanted feedback and I didn't really have any expectations because what I'd been told about retailers is you have to do big slide decks. It's all about margins, and I hadn't gone anywhere near there. So I went along with my products and my story and the, obviously the scent, had a chat. And at the end of the 20-minute coffee, um, she said, I love this. Can we have it next week? I want to stock it. <laughs> and I was really, and I remember just walking out and wanting to punch the air and skip down the road. I was excited because I had no expectations. Um, so that was kind of like, right, wow, now I've got to launch. This is it. So yeah. it was a very exciting point um for a brand when you start and and to launch with Harvey Nichols is is brilliant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, rapid acceleration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm really interested as well in the creative collaboration that goes on between a brand and a perfumer. Um, how do you go about picking the perfumer that you're going to work with? You know, is there a a sort of interview interview process you go through or do you just find previous things they've done and smell them and love them and decide you want them to work for you? You know, how does it all work?
1: Gosh, I don't don't really have a set way of doing that. I mean, um, I've worked with three perfumers so far and I've met lots, actually. Um, I think you have to put it down with very much decisions when when it's something that's really close to your heart. You have to follow your gut it's about chemistry and faith and belief. Um, yes, it's nice to look at definitely what they've created before, but more of their work ethic and, and how they would like to work with you because it's, it's, it's really important that the process is hugely collaborative because I've had my nose trained in the drinks industry which is quite different. Um, But I have a strong view and vision of what I want the scent to reveal, how I want it to reveal and tell a story. So for me, it has to be a collaborative process. Um, And I think following your gut and the feel um, for the project and the person and the way they work is, is probably where I go. I don't have a set way of doing it.
0: Mm. and once you've picked your perfumer how does the creation of the scent itself work from your perspective do you offer them suggestions on what to include or is it more you convey that feeling and then let them get on with it and see what they turn up with well i've had four creations so far um that have come to market we have had
1: i've, had, I've got other ones you know that might come that again but i think i have a very visual way of bringing stories to life i always start with Pinterest, bizarrely. Pinterest is always something, I love it. It's a bit one of those guilty pleasures um, when my kids are always telling me to get off my phone. Um, <laughs> which is, uh, I just, I always start with that, always start with images. And then words, poetry, feelings, colours, moods all become part of it. But to date, the two, I mean, the two perfumes which have historic connections, which are Alborra and King- Kingdom Botanica, um, th- there's been a very, very very strong story as a backbone through them and I was very very prescriptive in those as to what notes needed to be included um, because I just had a a good idea and and the the notes that would tell the story and the accords um, as well so I have quite a strong view of what where where I want um, the perfumes to go so far but that doesn't mean that there'll be a scent concept which is a little bit more loose and open to mm. interpretation that might happen in the future um yeah. but i think i definitely visualize a visualize scent um and try mm. and translate that through images um so quite detailed briefs and um information and then a detailed um briefing list as well and the modification process i mean it depends it's differently like, different perfumes but you can go through tens
0: hundreds of modifications until you get there Mm. and so with you know with that in mind how long was the creation process for kingdom botanica
1: that was that amazingly the research was about 18 months and then the perfume was very quick because i knew exactly what was we pinpointed so i worked very closely with dr greg uh, kenneker who's um a specialist in um, native flora, but also tropical flora. And um, we went through the living collections. We went through the herbarium. We went right back to, I mean, we were looking at samples from the beagle that were collected for the botanical gardens. Um, we, there's 3 million um, samples in the herbarium in Edinburgh, which are incredible. And some of them you can still smell, still smell on the samples, on the dried samples. Um, Gosh. So we we had a very clear vision as to what we wanted to bring to life so the physic garden i mentioned which was 1670 the healing garden we decided to work with a blackcurrant note a stem green a sort of a stem and bud note because it was very much part of that healing garden providing vital vitamin c in an era before they understood how important that was to the body um mm. and also it, it I love that current button stamp, the note, because it can be very green, and we wanted to emulate the feeling of walking into the glass house and that green humidity you smell when you walk into the beautiful Victorian glass houses at the botanics. so that we were quite prescriptive with some of the notes. There's a plum blossom note, and it's actually a spiced plum blossom note because China and the Yunnan Peninsula. Um, and it, there's so many trips. I mean, George Forrest worked almost exclusively out there. He's a very prolific Scottish botanist who brought the rhododendron, lots of lilies, jasmines, primulas to this country. And um, he um, we, we we, just had to bring him to life. And uh, plum blossom is the national flower for China. So that's mm. that's why we decided that was a great way to to sort of reference him. And then it's his heart, the rhododendron. So it's so interesting. 80% of rhododendrons are non-scented. So we looked through at the scented versions of rhododendron and the Virea version is very lily-like. Um, it has a very narcotic floral aspect to it. Um, so we waited till it bloomed in the living collections in the glass houses so that we could then identify it. And then that's when my perfume was, came over and was involved right at that process to say, how do we bring this accord to life at the heart? So it was an incredible project. Amazing. Mm,
0: yeah. yeah. And I can't quite imagine what it's going to smell like from, you know, those are quite interesting, quite, I mean, black Blackcurrant is probably the most well-known out of the things that you've just described, but the others, I think, I'm really excited to try because it, they're so unusual. And so like the idea of spiced plum, that sounds lovely, um, plum, plum blossom. yeah.
1: So, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's, one of, it's a really complex perfume. It's I talk about it as biodiversity in a bottle because it also goes right through to um, an amazing soft sandalwood, which brings to life the sequoias, the, the big redwoods in the parks, and then right through to myrrh and frankincense because they've got a centre for Middle Eastern studies. And mm. um, Boswellia, which is frankincense and its botanical name. Um, it's got beautiful, beautiful notes. So there's a lot going on. There's very complex mm. perfume.
0: Yeah. And with so many moving parts, so you've got your idea, you've got, you know, ideas, you've got the research, you've got the people that you're working with um, from the botanical gardens, but also the perfumer. There's a lot of different moving parts there. So when it comes towards um, getting the perfume finished... And, you know, smelling those final modifications. Is there a eureka moment where you sniff one version of the fragrance and think that's the one? Um, or is the process towards the final iteration a little bit more subtle than that?
1: I think it's more subtle. Um, it's, it's, I, I liken it. I mean, my first experience of it, it, it I found it incredibly hard to use an analogy is to put the paintbrush down because you just you could actually tinker for the rest of your life. Um, you, you do have to get to a point where you think, right, okay, this is it. Um, and I sometimes find that quite hard. Um, but I suppose that's what perfumers, a lot of perfumers, do. And I'm just feeling that feeling because um, you see so many perfumes that are slightly altered or changed or get a darker note, or um, you know, I suppose people do tinker with them. But for the ones that, for the ones I've got, that it wasn't a eureka moment. It was more. Um, I don't know it just felt right it just it just uh it just yeah it just was and it was like okay this is the mm. one we're going for this is it yeah um and then yeah. and it's interesting it's almost like um very similar to a fine whiskey because the complexity I used to enjoy in whiskey so for example Glenmorangie um Glenmorangie original 30 year old has got um 144 notes in it which is incredible and Every time I smell that whiskey, and I've smelt it many times working there, I smell something different. And I think Mm. it's similar to the perfumes. What I wanted to emulate with Kingdom fragrances is complexity, because I think Scotland is all about complexity and layers and contradictions.
0: So that's the kind of perfumes I'm bringing to life. Mm, absolutely. And I, what, one of the things that has really drawn me to your brand particularly is that I think when you tie a brand to a geographical area in the way that you've done, it, it would be very easy to make something that felt like a souvenir, like the sort of perfume that would be almost disposable that you would pick up on holiday and, you know, you'd think was very nice for 10 minutes and then you'd, you'd put it at the back of the cupboard and forget about it. But you've really clearly avoided that. Um, and you've cultivated the feel of a, a high quality niche perfume brand right from the moment that you pick up the packaging. And I think that's, um, I think that's quite clever because it, it prolongs the len- longevity of the interest in the scent even before you smell the complexity. Um, you, you know, it's clearly a, a prestige product. And presumably that was a very deliberate decision given your, um, you know, your, your history of working with these luxury goods.
1: Yeah. And it- I definitely put it down to the whiskey industry and the complexity and my love of that complexity within within a really fine malt. Um, I I thought I want to translate this into scent this this because it's so enthralling. You know, when you sort of learn more about your sense of smell and you learn more about the more, you you know, you sort of open a new door to a new new experience and you realise, gosh, I know so little here. This is amazing. So I find it utterly fascinating. So. I think complexity, if I can bring it to life as it is enjoyed in whiskey um, in perfume, I think that that's completely exciting. I think mm. th- there's a lot any country, if you distill it down to what tourists take away, you know then it's going to be a very obvious route and I just thought for this for kingdom, I want to do something that I'm really proud of, something that really lasts a duration you know if i uh, want This is Scotland's fragrance house and the vision to be, like I said, the creed of Scotland, the girl now of Scotland, then it has to have longevity. It can't be about novelty or fashion. It's got to be about something that has substance. So that was really important Mm -hmm. to do that.
0: Yeah. And and of course, you know, there is no getting away from the fact that whiskey smells amazing and um, distilleries. Oh, the smell of a distillery is just incredible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I do love it. I do love it. And, you know, Edinburgh as well. I mean, there's, there's obviously the distilleries, but I just love the smell of uh, Edinburgh because it's got the breweries and it has occasionally yeah. you have that Scent where you can actually, you know, they're working, you know, the, the the plants in progress, it's just in the whole atmosphere of the place. But distilleries, yeah, mm. I mean, I love, I, I mean, I used to spend a lot of time in Tain and on Isla for Ardberg um, and just lovely people, great places throughout, out and about, yeah, it's really special. It? And I, but it's really sad that we can't really experience a lot of that right now, um, yeah. and travel.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, you can bring it to people's homes, we'll see fingers crossed well that's the end of my main questions. so now i've got some quick fire questions for you if you don't mind these are just whatever comes to mind there's no right or wrong answer so what's your favorite smell at
1: the moment i'm obsessed with sandalwood
0: um
1: Mm, i've got lots of different beautiful oils of it at the moment and i just love it i actually want to step into it it's just Mm. as there's a particular one which is very soft and creamy and oh i just love it so at the moment it's sandalwood but it's interesting i do change i go through different phases but at the moment definitely sandalwood
0: (laughs) yeah um what smells do you dislike um gosh that's quite hard uh
1: some acrid notes i'm i whilst i love a smoky smoldering aspect you know metamorphic's got the most amazing smouldering aspect to it um and i was trying obviously isla malts i love isla peated malts um which was which is the, definitely you can see the the thread of my love of that through metamorphic when it goes a bit acrid and it goes a bit birch tar birch tar is one of the notes that you use within um within whiskey nosing um yeah, yeah and that when it gets too far and it goes a bit tar like a bit bitumen. Um, No, that that gives me horrendous headaches, almost like a searing pain. I don't know if I'm allergic to it. Um, But that, Mm. yeah, that's not my favourite thing. And you can smell it in whiskey sometimes. And I suppose in whiskey as well, you can, particularly with the peated malts, you can get a sulphurous note. You can get it in wines as well. Some connoisseurs really love it, but it's not for me, the sulphur aspect. Yeah. Um, So Mm. those are my (laughs) no-no's.
0: Yes. If you could go anywhere and smell anything from any point in history, Where would you go and what would you smell?
1: Instantly came into my head was Mary Queen of Scots. I don't know what it would smell like because I think culturally (laughs) it would have been such a different time. Um, But it would have been so interesting. So interesting. I was reading about her um, clothing and her dresses and that she wore, uh, she walked with a pomade. Um, A lot of this, they thought at the time was to dispel illness, but she would have a pomade of ambergris and burning cloves um, and orange, you know, orange loads of elements would have been. So you would have smelled her before you saw her. And in all of the folds and um, beautiful seams of her sleeves were um, lavender sachets and different elements. I mean, she must have smelled incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. So. I would have liked to have done that, but I think some of the more pungent aspects of that era might not have been to my liking. Um, It would be (laughs) interesting,
0: interesting to go and smell it. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely. What do you think fear smells like?
1: The first thing that came into my mind was sweat then. Um, Mm. Oh, I think sweat and alarm.
0: Yeah. I think it's quite bodily to be honest. Yeah. 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 What smell transports you to a strong olfactive memory and where does it take you? Instantly, I just think of green and it's portal.
1: Portal is my scent memory. It's my childhood scent memory. Um, and It's mm. a really, I don't know, sentimental scent for me because um, I used to get, m- m- mum and dad worked so hard that in the holidays we'd get sent to my aunt and uncle who had a place in Arden, American, and I would just climb trees with my sister and my cousins, and we'd just climb trees for two weeks. (laughs) And it would Mm. be in the Easter holidays or the half terms. And I just remember every shade of green, freshness, maybe dew, um, sunshine coming through. Um, It's a very particular scent. And that's what I tried to emulate in in Portal, that sort of Caledonian forest. So that's a very special
0: sort of scent memory note for me. Mm. Yeah, that's lovely. What fragrance are you wearing right now? Kingdom Botanica. I've just, <laughs> I've
1: just been packing it, and I, I just put some on this morning. I love it. I love it. I can smell it in the air. Um, it's Brilliant. launching at the Botanical Gardens today, which is exciting. So, um I was getting lots of things ready. So, yeah, lots of Kingdom Botanica.
0: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful.
1: Um, what does summer smell of? Sunlight. I think that instantly I think of sunlight and it's interesting because the summers I've had many summers here, you know, I tend to holiday in Scotland and it's, it's very particular. I think the weather in Scotland, you know, you can get four seasons in a day, even in the summer. (laughs) Um, And I think that elemental aspect is, is beautiful. I think it's just a, maybe it's a sort of an ozone or aldehydes or, something very beautiful about
0: the elemental air in summer in scotland mm. Mm. yeah and you might have answered this already but what's your favorite food smell um oh gosh i'm trying to think i just thought
1: then of rice pudding and cream which is quite vanillary isn't it but i yeah oh, probably lovely. um but other foods i think um I like spices as well. I love curries too. So I'm quite, yeah, I think I have a lot of different, I'm not desperately loyal to one scent there. I think lots of different types of food. Mm.
0: I, I thought you might have sort of bent the bent the rules there and oh, said whiskey. Yeah,
1: whiskey as well. I do love whiskey. I really love whiskey. Yes. So a bit of all, all <laughs> of the three then. <laughs> uh, what smell reminds you of school? Incense. Um, I went to a convent um a very strict convent, so absolutely incense it takes me straight back i went to the um the brilliant exhibition at somerset house um i don't know if you managed to go and see it was about scent yeah mm, I did, and there yeah. was a i, I can't who there was a an incense there was a the um confessional booths do you remember that room mm, that i do yeah me right back yeah. to school instantly yeah, they, they're mm. definitely smart bells. I was very happy at school. It was great. But incense is, is the smell that takes me back
0: to school. <laughs> yes, yeah, fabulous. And finally, scientists have invented a smellophone. Who do you ring first? Oh gosh. I don't know if I'd ring, but I I what would I do? I'd be amazing. I don't know. <laughs> It would be amazing, wouldn't it? (laughs) I'm (laughs) glad tonight. I don't
1: know. I don't know. That would be amazing. I I think it will happen. I I hope in our lifetime we'll see.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. Well, Imogen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you today. And very best of luck with the launch for um, Kingdom Botanica. I hope it goes really, really well. Thank you very much. It's been lovely to talk to you. The Sniff is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, and Twitter with the same handle. If you'd like to support our work, please find us on Buy Me A Coffee. The web address is buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Sniff. Our guest today was Imogen Taylor from Kingdom Scotland. We weren't paid or sponsored in cash or in kinds to feature this brand. Thanks very much for listening you <music>